Hello everyone and welcome back to the Chaos Ball Podcast, the best and biggest Mariners podcast in the known universe. How's everyone doing this week? Personally, I'm doing pretty good. Vibe check from the Mariners side of things. Not great. Um, just not ideal. It's, it's a little bit better considering uh, yesterday's game. As we head to Oakland this week, um, but honestly, <clears throat> not a not a great week of Mariners baseball. Um, really, a, a change from what we've been doing the past few weeks. Just really not ideal. Really not ideal. But let's get into it. Um, first and foremost, I think we might need to have a little discussion about Mitch Haniger. Uh, I had. Ty France on the rundown too about a discussion, but maybe he busted his slump yesterday. I don't know. But Mitch Hanniger, this is according to baseball reference, passed 34 games for the Mariners, so I, I tracked this going back to the start of August. Um, Mitch Hanniger slashing 237, 302, 363, 665 OPS, um, four home runs in that time, 12 walks. 38 strikeouts. Just not great. Just not great at all. Um, I don't know what his issue is. I don't know if he's not healthy. I don't know if he's not seeing the ball, his approach. It's just tough. There's some of the at-bats, too. Like, it's not that he's <clears throat> doing like kind of what J.P. Crawford and, and Jesse Winker do. Um, I single those. Even Adam Frazier. All three of those guys are below him in OPS in the same span of time. JP and Adam have played a little bit more games, but they're a little bit below Mitch in OPS in the same amount of stretch of games here. Um, but they they do work the count. Like JP and Jesse especially, they, they work the count quite a bit. Um, even if they're not slashing well, they both, let's see, in that same span of time, Jesse Winker, 24 walks, 26 strikeouts. JP, 23 walks, 21 strikeouts. So that's some value. That's some value there. Mitch, 12 walks, 38 strikeouts. Like, that's not going to cut it, especially if you're slashing 665. Like, I'll take the batting average is low. That's fine. If he was slugging more than 363, then it'd be nice. <clears throat> it'd be real nice. But he's not. I just don't know what the issue is. Um, I just want to talk about that. I hope he gets himself right. He needs to do something. Um, and then Ty France is at the bottom of this list. He's slashing 188, 231, 362 with a 594 OPS. Seven home runs, 25 batted in, seven walks, 27 strikeouts in the past 39 games for us. Um, just tough. Yesterday, he did have a fantastic game to cap off that Angels series. Um, I Ryan Divish tweeted that they were working with the hitting coach a little bit. Uh, Ty said... Um, the hitting coach, I'm forgetting his name, but he noticed uh, his approach was a little different. His approach wasn't uh, ideal, and he tweaked that a little bit before that game, and uh, something clearly worked. So Ty France might be back. I'm not as worried about him, considering what just happened in that last game. Um, and Mitch, I'm not, I mean, I'm a little worried, but there's a track record there, and guys go through slumps. Guys go through slumps just as much as they go through hot streaks, so... Hopefully Mitch hits a hot streak here. That'd be huge going into the going into October. Um, just hoping for that. Maybe he needs some days off. Um, maybe later, once we hit that magic number, if we hit that magic number before the season ends, uh, maybe some days off for the man. I don't know. That would just mean playing Jesse Winker more. Um, <clears throat> and then just a fun little, at the top of this list, since August 1st, Eugenio Suarez is uh, at the top with an OPS of 9.68, 15 home runs in that span. Julio right below him, 9.30, nine home runs in that span. Uh, and then there's a big drop-off after that in OPS terms. Um, and that's tough because both those dudes were out this weekend since uh, Friday against the Angels. Um, and Eugenio is going to be out for the foreseeable future. I don't know how much time exactly it'll take him to get back. Julio should be back soon, but... Try not to overreact to the lack of offense in the Angels series sometimes just because um, 
Mitch Harrington wasn't there for the first couple games. Uh, Cal was a little banged up. Julio and Eugenio were both out, although Julio contributed a home run in the Friday's game. But um, that's just interesting. Tough to lose uh, both guys who are just on a on a fucking tear. Tear right now. So, with that said, <clears throat> I want to read you Jared Kelnick's stats. Last 33 games, Jared Kelnick for the AAA, Tacoma, Rainiers, and the Pacific Coast League. In this year of our Lord 2022, the past 33 games, he is slashing 307, 384, 567, 951 OPS, 15 walks and 23 strikeouts, 7 home runs in this time. That's in the past 33 games. He's killing it. He's he's mashing. He looks angry mashing against AAA. Like, you can tell all this dude wants is to mash in the bigs. For better or for worse, his mindset's there. And he's got fire. I think that can definitely, you know, be a detriment, but it's also a good thing. I just say, uh, he's just mashing down there. I think he might deserve a call up. And obviously, you know, the Mariners know more about what he's been doing than I do. Um, but maybe he deserves a little call up later in the year. Um, just to see what he does against, I mean, these are really bad teams we're going to be playing for the last few series. Um, some of the outfielders are not hitting super well. Uh, like I said, Jesse Winker, Mitch Hanniger, maybe they'd need some days off. Uh, maybe Jared Gallick gets called up. Just, I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Like, the sample's so small, I don't even think it hurts his trade value at this point if he comes up and doesn't do shit in a couple games. But if he comes up, maybe he hits a homer or two in a few games. Maybe he plays some good defense in the outfield. Maybe he looks more similar to a contributing big league player than he has in the past. I don't know. I don't know. But that's interesting. That's interesting to see. He's just mashing down there. <clears throat> All right. Well, that was my little outfield hitter update. Um, let's recap this week. I will be getting into the Angels series, in which I went to three of those games in person, unfortunately. Uh, but let's recap the short little interleague uh, we had versus the Padres on the 13th and 14th in the middle of the week at home. Uh, that was it was fun to see the Padres come to town. I think I like I enjoy the Padres. Uh, I, I don't enjoy Juan Soto hitting against my, my pitchers, but, um, he's been in a slump himself, which proves everyone can slump, man. Um, but let's just recap this, this game, the 13th, the first game of the two game set, we had Logan Gilbert versus you Darvish, and it didn't disappoint, did not disappoint. Logan looked pretty solid again, September Walter, September Walter is a real thing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he spun five innings of four-hit ball, one run, three walks, five Ks. Um, the walks were tough. Two of them were to Soto, which, listen, that's fair. Dude walks. The dude has a 450 on-base percentage for his career, so that's okay. Um, <clears throat> one of them was tough, though. One of them was a tough call. So maybe one of those walks shouldn't have been a walk, but... It was pretty fun to watch those two guys battle because uh, Logan Logan just challenges you if you get him into that spot. Like, he's not going to bail you out or anything. He's not going to just put you on. He's going to challenge you with his, his fastball or slider. So, fun to see them battle it out. Uh, it was a pretty solid start from him, all things considered, against a pretty tough Padres lineup. Uh, got outdueled by you, Darvish, who who spun a gem. Eight innings, two hits, seven Ks, no walks, no runs. He looked fantastic. And then Hader came in and actually looked like a real pitcher in the ninth. Uh, one hit, three Ks, and uh, the save. We fell silently into the ninth, two zero. Uh, this was less the offense looking bad, cause. Honestly, the offense looked fine. I mean, they weren't just hacking up there. They were taking taking pitches and working the count a little bit. It's just you, Darvish, was was on one. And the hater, when he's actually pitching really well, is also really good. Darvish is just a joy to watch throw the baseball. Like, 
when he has all his stuff going, it's crazy because he's got four or five pitches he can he can go into the well and throw them at you. And he, he messes with timing really well. He messes with pitch tunneling super well. Uh, and he just, his stuff is nasty when it's on. And it's just tough. It's, you have so many pitches to worry about on top of him messing with you the whole time. He's just so fun to watch. I mean, I hated that he carved up my team, but you got to appreciate what the man does. He's just, he's always messed with timing like that. And it's just really, really, really fun to watch, I think. So that was a tough one. That was a tough one. I'm just going to move on. Not much to say about that game besides, I mean, the bullpen came in. The guys look good. Swanson, Festa, Brash, uh, Paul. Paul gave up uh, a walk and a couple of hits, but he, he was fine. And then we lost 2-0. It was honestly a pretty boring game besides just watching Logan and, and Hugh Darvish duel. So moving on to the second game of that series. Um, oh yeah, oh, and that was Swaggerty Night, I forgot to mention. Unfortunately, Swaggerty Night ended in the L, which is tough. Oh, I also have written down Seattle Death Fog. That was on full display in this game, because we had a lot of strikeouts, but the balls we did hit, there were a couple that off the bat looked like surefire, like dingers, double in a gap, whatever, what have you, and they are just nope, warning track outs. And even in the dead of summer, we got to be reminded the Seattle Death Fog does not sleep. Does not sleep. It kills everything. Uh, and then I also have written down, imagine Matt Brash throwing a wiffle ball. Just some food for thought. I just, I would, I hope in the offseason he takes a video of him throwing wiffle balls because I can't even imagine what that would look like. Um, so we go... We look past that game. Pretty frustrating game. Darvish was great. Kind of unlucky at the plate. Um, just frustrating. Just a frustrating loss. Uh, and then we go into the next game. And I'm feeling pretty good. We got Luis Castillo on the bump versus Mike Clevenger. Another pitcher I really like to watch just because he's quirky and weird. Uh, jerky and fluid and like robotic and expressive all in one. I don't know how he does it. Uh, but we had a number this game. We lit him up. Five innings, seven hits, six earned runs, two walks, two Ks. And he gave up three home runs to us. Um, what uh, what a hitting performance we put on against Mike Clevenger here. Uh, we started off in the first inning with Julio. Another leadoff home run. And then Ty France. Got a hit, and then Eugenio with a first inning home run. The two two absolute lads in the lineup delivering yet again. Uh, so that got us on the right note, and we just didn't look back. You give Luis Castillo any sort of lead, he's going to protect it, I have learned. Because uh, Luis Castillo absolutely shoved in this game. Good lord, man. Six innings, four hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. Turn it over to the pen. Pen Murphy, literally the pen Murphy. He gave up a run. Matt Brash came in, um, held his runners, uh, and then we go into the eighth. Eric Swanson came in, looked great. Andres Munoz came in and closed the game down. Um, just a really, really fun, fun matchup. Carlos Santana capped off Clevenger's outing in the fifth with another home run of his, uh, and we took the dub 6-1. to one. Just a fun game. Not uh, not a whole lot else to say about this game. It was just fun. Luis Castillo shoved. Uh, we hit a few home runs. Our best hitters uh, did what they should do. And we took the dub. So we split the series 1-1 with the Padres. Um, fun series. Fun series. I think the Padres are a weird team right now. I just don't know. I, did, I don't know what it is about them. They seem... They're good I just feel they I just feel like they should be better but whatever 1-1 series against the pods at home uh good to see Luis Castillo shoving yet again and then uh going into the off day to prepare to go to Anaheim to play our favorite team the Los Angeles 
Angels, of Anaheim, of California, of Orange County. I don't know. They could call themselves anything at this point. So, I attended three out of four of these Angels games. Boy, was it tough. Uh, except for, for yesterday's game. So let's just let's just get cracking right into it. So Friday, uh, the 16th, we got Robbie Ray versus Michael Lorenzen. Uh, Robbie Ray did not look great, folks. Just did not look great. He went five innings, eight hits, five earned runs, one walk, and five Ks. Just not good. Good, um, not good at all. He he let a couple guys on in the first. Um, Taylor Ward singled the left, and then there was an error that scored a guy. Uh, all things uh, considered, it could have been worse in the first. I actually missed the entire first inning because uh, I had some things to do before this game, and I got there as quick as I could. And I missed the whole first inning, which means I missed Julio's leadoff home run, which is really, really upsetting, to be honest with you. Um, but that's okay. I was like, you know, I'll see him the rest of the weekend, right? <laughs> I'll get into that later. Uh, but this was just not a great game. They kept pulling me right back in. It was objectively kind of fun to watch. There was a lot of offense. Like, from a neutral standpoint, there was a lot of offense. Um, the best hitter against the Mariners in the land, no, not Mike Trout, Luis Renjifo, started the series off with a home run in the third. Um, then uh, Matt Duffy scored Ward in the third to put them up 4-1. to one. Carlos Santana then responded with a, with a nuke to right field. That scored Eugenio, so it brought us back to 4-3. Then heading into the bottom of the fifth, who else but Mike Trout? lead off home run to dead center. Uh, the amount of Mike Trout home runs I've seen is unholy. I've seen the Angels a lot in my lifetime. It's a combination of they play us a lot, obviously, but also I just feel like I've been to more Angels games than ever. Um, I think sometimes I just want to watch Mike Trout kill us, like I'm self-deprecating. I, I don't know. But the dude just, he's he's been on a tear this year. Since he's come back. <laughs> well, not since he's come back, but in the last couple of weeks. Dude's been on a tear. And, of course, he had a home run against us. Um, then we they claw right back, though. The Mariners. Sam Haggerty with a little single and, and a run scored to put us uh, only down one. And then the next inning, Luis Renjifo. Three-run dinger to put him up 8-4. And that's when I knew we were not winning this game. After Luis Renjifo hit his second home run of the night to put him up four runs, I was like, nope, it's over. This sucks. Why is Luis Renjifo like this? Ty France homered in the next inning, and Julio scored to put a, put us up, or put us only down two runs going into the, the bottom of the seventh, and I was I perked up a little bit. I was like, oh, okay, all right. Listen, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to, you know, the the team, they, you don't count them out. I've learned that, and I will never until they officially lose the game. Um, Eugenio also got hurt in the middle of this game, and that's when I knew the vibes were off. I just knew we were going to lose. I didn't want to leave in case we did win, but I was like, Eugenio got hurt. Things are not, the, the vibes aren't good. Um, sure enough, we did lose. Carlos Santana hit his second home run in the game in the ninth, but unfortunately, <clears throat> Winker came up, struck out. J.P. Crawford came up and got out to end the game. That game kind of sucked. That sucked a lot. Robbie Ray really didn't look good. Really didn't look good, folks. Uh, and Gino hurt his finger, and we would later learn it's uh, like a sprain. Uh, dude, I, I, he's not. He's definitely, I mean, he's going on the I.L. But I, I think... He should be fine by the playoffs. I don't know. It's just brutal. I noticed it. Obviously, I was at the game watching. Just took a swing um, and clearly like winced a little bit. <clears throat> stayed in the at-bat, though. He stayed in the at-bat and then uh, struck out, and clearly he was in pain. And that's when I knew um, this game was not going to go our way at all. So the Angels took the first game of the series. 
Um, going into Saturday's game, I went to this game as well. Uh, this is the one I really wanted to see because uh, it was Shohei Otani versus George Kirby. What a matchup. And it lived up to the fucking hype, guys. It lived up to the hype. It was, it was one of the better pitching games I've ever seen in my entire life. Obviously, it's not the best. A little flex, but I did attend Felix Hernandez's perfect game. So, nothing will ever top that. But this was fantastic. Shohei is a demon. Seven innings, <clears throat> three hits, one walk, eight Ks. Dude was absurd in this game. Uh, our lineup was pretty bad, but he carved right through it. But George Kirby, six innings, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, eight Ks, man. And those those runs, should he have given up one of those runs? I don't know. It was a tough play by Winker in that first inning. Otani almost took him deep to left field, uh, but not quite. And Winker, like, I, I think it's a combination of he's not super fast. He's not a great outfielder. He doesn't know how to read the ball off the bat. He doesn't know how to read the ball when it's in the air. Because dude just stopped at the warning track and looked at it like it was going out. And I, a competent outfielder goes for the catch there because it hit the wall about a foot or two off the base of the wall. And, like, he could have stuck his glove. If he sticks his glove up, he probably catches that. Uh, but, unfortunately, that doesn't happen, and they get a lead. Um, the only run that we got in this game, when was it even? I don't remember. I was watching the, the pitching. The pitching was so good. Those dudes were just destroying. Oh, yeah, Taylor Trammell hit a nuke. That thing was absurd, and he pimped that shit. I could not believe how far he hit that ball. <laughs> he, I, I, was, I, was, I was at the game, and obviously I knew he squared it up, but I found the video on Twitter when it came out, and I did not realize it was a middle-middle fastball that he hit the best you could hit a baseball Ever. Like, you can't hit a baseball better than that. Went 442 to straightaway right. You cannot square a ball up better than Taylor Trammell squared that ball up. Oh, my God. Um, that gave me a little hope. But, unfortunately, we ended up losing 2-1. to one. Uh, Vibes are low. 0-2 versus the Angels so far in the series. Honestly, this one, uh, this one was less the offense being bad. More Otani just... God, Otani's good. It's it's just, it ain't fair. It ain't fair that the man just invents new pitches. He tweaks his pitches every game. He starts throwing them differently. He's got like four elite pitches now that he throws differently in every game. I just don't know how, I don't know how he keeps getting better with every start. It doesn't make sense. And they freaking love him down there. <clears throat> My God, I was sitting next to... Obviously, a lot, quite a few Angels fans, um, but there were so many, many Japanese Angels fans there, and I was talking to a couple. Um, they were they were older. They said they they didn't speak a amazing English, but they they said they had lived in the area for a long time, um, and they were never real like Angels or Dodgers fans, really. Um, they had appreciated like baseball. They, they knew what baseball was. Uh, and they, they said like a long time ago when the Mariners would come see, play the angels, when Ichiro was on the team, they would go to watch Ichiro. They wouldn't go to root for the angels. They would go to watch Ichiro and like take pictures of him and, and try to get his autograph and stuff. Uh, and then they said when Otani signed with the angels, they bought like, they were all like, they were wearing Otani like shirt, shirt jerseys, um, they, they said they invested themselves really a lot into Angels baseball because of Shohei Otani. Uh, they had made, like, Otani signs that they were giving to Angels fans, like, kids around our section. They were, like, giving them these signs that they made so they would hold up. They had these, like, uh, little things, like an auction card, but with, like, Japanese writing, like, go Shohei on them that they'd flash up when he was, like, doing while pitching or up at the plate. <clears throat> and they said to me, they were like, look around all the people in this crowd with signs and stuff are all Japanese. Uh, and it was amazing to see. Uh, it's awesome. Shohei's a great dude. He's an amazing baseball player. Um, and he 
clearly is beloved by this by this city and the, the people I was talking to said the Japanese community where they live all love him. They all support him. They all have like have like his gear and stuff. And I think that's tremendous. It's amazing to see. There were a lot of Shohei Otani like Team Japan baseball jerseys there and those are heat. Those are absolute heat. I would low key want to get one of those. They're sick. Uh, but that's really cool to see. So just wanted to tell that story. I thought it was really funny that they said they weren't Angels fans, uh, but they would come to Angels games when the Mariners came to town to watch Ichiro. I thought that was great. That's fantastic. Um, okay, so uh, that was a fantastic game to go to, I will say. I love a good pitching matchup. George Kirby looked fantastic. Again, uh, dude is getting better and better. If it weren't for Luis Castillo, I'd say he's our best pitcher right now. Uh, I think next year, it's Luis Castillo, it's him, it's Gilbert, then it's Ray in that order. In the rotation, I think. Uh, he's just so good. He's just tremendous. And we're really lucky to have him. But we go into game three. Down 0-2 to the Angels. And the Angels are absolutely a better team than what their current record shows. Because Trout was back mashing. Um, they're get, they got a little healthier. And they're just, um, they're a little bit better than what, like 63 and 82, their record is. They're a little bit better than that. I would put them, you know, closer to 500, but definitely not that good. I would give them 70 wins right now. That's how about how good of a team they are. So dropping like a game or two, I could, I could, a game maybe. The first game was brutal, but this game, when Shohei starts, I'm okay with dropping this game to Shohei. Uh, dude is absurd. Uh, but we go into the third game of the series. This is the one game I didn't go to. Um, and thank God. Because the only thing I have written down for this Mariners vs. Angels game on the 18th of September, 2022. Marco Gonzalez vs. Reed Detmers. The only thing I have written down is pain. All it says is pain. <laughs> Marco almost spun another quality start, which would have made people... Big time mad. Big time mad. Uh, but he went six and a third, seven hits, five earned runs, two walks, and four Ks. Uh, he went up against Reed Detmer, six, who went six innings, four hits, one run, two walks, three Ks. Uh, he looked fine. It was more Marco looked again, uh, just kind of mediocre. But the offense also only got one run from Reed Detmers, who is a good, good pitcher, but yeah, the lineup was pretty pretty stinky, though. Guys were just not looking good. I didn't watch this whole game, either. That was just pain. It was just absolute pain. We lost 5-1. to one. Looked dead. Just looked dead. Like, what are we doing? Like, this is the Angels. God. Ugh. Okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about more of this game. All right, Monday's game, yesterday's game, better vibes. I went to this game, and boy, was I happy. It was a nice day game. There was, like, nobody there, so I got some good seats. Uh, a lot of Mariners fans there. Uh, Logan Gilbert on the bump against uh, Jose Suarez, and the offense came alive, finally. I mean, they did in Friday's game, but the pitching was terrible. This was a great game. This was a fantastic game to go to. This was just so much fun. Logan Gilbert was fantastic. September Walter, baby. September Walter's real. And he spun six innings, four hits, one walk, one earned run, and 11 strikeouts. He was mowing them down. Oh, my goodness. They didn't stand a chance against him today. Ugh. The only run that they really got, uh, Shohei, it was Shohei and Matt Duffy. Uh, and Taylor Ward strung together some hits in uh, <clears throat> in the sixth inning, but otherwise, flawless game from Logan. Flawless. I'm loving what I'm seeing going into the playoffs. September Walter is fantastic. Uh, Matty Boyd came in, looked great. Diego Castillo came in, then Penn Murphy shut the game down. Fantastic game. Let's talk about the offense in this one, baby. Jose Suarez did not stand a chance. He went five innings, five earned runs, four Ks, one walk. He didn't look terrible, honestly. He just he did give up a grand slam. Uh, but the guys were hitting the hitting really well in this game. I didn't like how it was going initially, simply because um, 
we we got a run in the first JP. First of all, JP seeing the ball really well this game had a couple knocks. He hit the ball really hard. Fantastic to see. Um, he started us off with a single, and then Ty France uh, doubled to score him. So we started the game one zero, which was great. Uh, but then we kept going on for a couple innings, and we kept hitting the ball really hard and just getting really unlucky. Uh, either the ball just they, it wouldn't fall; it'd go right to the outfielder, the outfielder make a good play. Or we just hit the ball really hard and just didn't. These we just were getting pretty unlucky because they were definitely seeing the ball well. Logan was mowing them down, so the Angels weren't putting up any offense, uh, and the balls just were not falling at all until the fifth inning, uh, in which we loaded the bases for Carlos Santana, who hit a dick shot to left, four thirty from the right-handed batter's box. Carlos Santana. With a grand slam to break this one open. This was fantastic. I got a good video of this. And it's on Chaos Ball at Chaos Ball 1977 on Twitter. I got a fantastic video of this. Because I just I had a feeling something good was going to happen here. Uh, and he took this ball deep. It was like an outside fastball that he just squared, squared up. And it was fantastic. It felt like a home game. How loud the cheers were in there from the Mariners fans compared to the Angels fans. There weren't that many more Angels fans than Mariners fans at this game, so it was, that was fantastic. Uh, I got a good video of it, and these uh, these two Angels fans, it just looked like a, a girl and her, her boyfriend were sitting fairly close to me, and you can see them in this video. When I pan back, after the home run leaves the ballpark, I pan back to look at home plate and the Mariners fans, and they're just getting up to leave. I never saw them again. <laughs> After this home run, it was like, nope, Logan's shoving. Uh, we just went up 5-0 in the fifth. It's over. Uh, that's when I knew it was over, I but it was a joy to watch the rest of this game because uh, Logan kept shoving, um, and then certifiably back guy, Ty France, hit a three-run dinger over the the yogurt French yogurt sign in center field, which is awesome. That was great. He hit the shit out of that ball. Um, the offense just looked fantastic. Um Santana added, added another homer, but from the left side of the plate this time in the ninth, 423. So Carlos Santana had about 850 feet worth of home runs from both sides of the plate in this game. This was just fantastic. This is the vibes we wanted. This is what we should be doing to the goddamn Angels. This is what we should be doing the rest of the year, especially to the A's in the series in which we start today. But this was a fantastic game. So finish the series right. Which is good. We we absolutely could not get swept by the Angels, uh, and we didn't. Um, so otherwise, the series was tough. The series was pretty tough. It was a brutal series. This is the first bad series we've had. I think the first three games we've lost in a row since the Astros a couple months ago. And it was good to see the boys just didn't completely fold. We finished the game really well, or finished the series really well, and that was really good to see. Um, some takeaways. From this is my first series at uh, in Anaheim at the Angels Ballpark. It was fantastic to see my Mariners. Uh, I hadn't seen them play live all year. I hadn't really been in Seattle all year, uh, and then I had just moved down here. So fantastic to see them. Uh, really good to see. I hadn't seen Julio play. I saw him play a little bit. Um, unfortunately, he out, he's out with a hurt back. I'm not going to focus on that too much. He Appears to be day-to-day. I'm fine with that. Don't injure himself. Like, if he's feeling something in his back, just yeah, just let him rest until he feels fine. We don't want him overextending himself when he doesn't need to at the moment. Uh, but otherwise, Angel Stadium is pretty nice. It's a nice stadium. The only thing is the stupid rocks. What are the rocks doing? What are they doing in center field? Why are there rocks? Like, with a waterfall going down them. We're in a drought. And y'all are using this water at Angel Stadium to flow down the freaking rocks. What are you doing, man? <sighs> Just ridiculous. Um, otherwise, a lot of Dodgers gear at Angel Stadium, which I thought was was pretty funny. Um, <clears throat> someone on Twitter who's, who's from here, grew up here, said that's just how it is. That's just how like LA sports are, which is really interesting to me. It's definitely a Dodgers town. Uh, but Angels, there were a lot of Angels fans there on the Friday game because it was Mike Trout bobblehead night, and they saw a good game. 
Uh, there were a decent amount there on Saturday because it was Shohei and it was a Saturday game. I wasn't there on Sunday, so I don't know how many people were there. Monday I was dead, but Monday at 1 p.m. Uh, and you're the Angels who aren't contending. Uh, obviously, there are not going to be that many people there. Uh, but it was great. Overall, great to see the Mariners fans there. A lot of Mariners fans. I talked to quite a few of you guys, uh, if you're listening right now. That was fantastic to meet you all. Um, I talked to a lot of them who uh, were kind of just sitting around me each game because it, it's... There's there's just a camaraderie there when you're the minority at a at a sport of sporting event. You kind of riff with the the Mariners fans around you, especially when bad or good stuff happens. Um, I got a couple people onto the pod actually. I was talking to during BB. So if you're listening, thank you, thank you. Um, but it was great. There were a lot of them there down the the first baseline supporting the team. So that was really fun to see. And uh, all of you were really nice. Everyone that I met was fantastic and, and really nice. And uh, that was nice. That was just a good breath of fresh air, uh, despite the Angels series being uh, kind of terrible. So that is it for the Angels series. Uh, the vibes weren't good. The last game, at least, was fantastic. So we ended it right. We ended it right. Uh, but we got to build on that now. We got to build on that and not, not fuck around these last few weeks. Um, get healthy, rest guys, but we got to win these games. We got to win these games against teams that are bad. So that is what we're going to have to do the next couple weeks. Um, so that was this week in Mariners baseball, the health update. So looks like Eugenio is going to miss some time. Hopefully he'll be back come October. Julio might be back today. Might be back n- later this week. Uh, I think. I don't know. It seems he's day to day, and that's like questionable <clears throat> in football. You just don't know. So it's just whenever he feels right. So he could be in the lineup today. He could not. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Hopefully, he's feeling better. It seems like just a sore back. He he tweaked in BP. I know he hit off the tee. Some soft reps off the tee yesterday, and he felt good. So, um, seems like just a day-to-day thing. Not a not a big not a big deal. Not a big deal at all. So, I think it's time now to talk about the minor league update. So, the minor leagues just finished. Uh, I have some coming. Hopefully, later this week, uh, minor league the Mariners minor leagues team of the year. Hopefully, um, I should be able to get that done. I've aiming for Thursday as the upload for that one. So be on the lookout for that. Um, I will be talking uh, about the high points of our minor league system. Uh, And there's a lot of guys that deserve to be on a minor league team of the year. So we'll see what happens. But uh, that look out for that next week or this week later. Um, not a whole big minor league update besides Bryce Miller finished the year for the Arkansas Travelers, striking out 14 guys, an absolute animal. He might just feature as one of the starting pitchers in my minor league team. And then another sneak peek into it, I'm just going to tell you right now, Harry Ford is the catcher on that team. Uh, speaking of Harry Ford, he has, uh, three home runs in the world baseball classic right now with Great Britain. He's representing Great Britain. Really cool to see for the for the king himself, Harry Ford. And he has four hits in three games, and three of them are home runs. Just fantastic to see he's raking right now in the World Baseball Classic. Um, <clears throat> he's our unicorn, really. Very interesting catcher. I recently was, was talking to a buddy of mine, and I described him as uh, like a Mookie Betts. I think I talked about this... On a lit, on a on a pod recently, but he's like a Mookie Betts athlete, but he's a catcher. It's so he's a unicorn. It's fantastic, and he is electric, and he's putting on a show in the World Baseball Classic. And we wish him the best, and we wish him to continue raking. Um, so that's the minor league update. The season's over. Great year in the minors. Uh, just be on the lookout for uh, minor league team of the year short. Special pod later this week um, should be a fun one. I have enjoyed putting the team together and compiling the stats and looking at um, some of the best that our minor leagues had to offer this year. And 
a glimpse into the future, hopefully. So some random news around the league I'll get into before I update on the week and the playoffs. <clears throat> Last week, the Rays fielded a, uh, a lineup of all Latin American players on Roberto Clemente Day. First time that's ever been done. And on Roberto Clemente Day, just fantastic. Um, amazing to see uh, Roberto Clemente's impact on the game, especially for Latin American players, is huge. And he's a huge reason why um, baseball is so dominated by uh, partially by Latin American players. And they produce some of the most fun, some of the most electric um, and amazing players. Uh, Julio, a great example. Uh, so that was really cool to see from the Rays. All out American lineup, never been done before. That was that was sick. That was very very cool. Pujols update. He's at 698. He's close. He's close. All he needs is two more. All he needs is two more. He's really close. So that's fun. We'll keep an eye out for that. Obviously, everyone in baseball is rooting for the man, uh, and. He's so close, and hopefully he gets there. There's a couple of weeks left. So there's plenty of games, so God, I hope he gets to 700. If he doesn't, he has to come back. He just has to. So that's that's it. Sorry, Albert. Uh, I will personally call him if he retires with under 700 and be like, Albert, you have to come back, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so let's move on. There's not a whole lot of other news that I want to talk about. Uh or else the show would run pretty long. There's only a couple more things before I want to want to preview the rest of the week of Mariners baseball here. Um, Aaron Judge, triple crown watch. He is tied for second in average with Xander Bogarts right now. Uh, Luis Arias is only one point ahead of both of them. And otherwise, Aaron Judge leads by far in the home run category and by a pretty good amount in the RBI category. I think at this point he has home runs and RBIs locked up in both leagues, by the way, in both leagues, uh, comfortably. Uh, he's not going to lead the entire MLB in average. Uh, he's a little, well, unless something catastrophic happens to the top guys, he's a little far off, but he's so close to the triple crown. Uh, average, he's right there. So average is the only thing that he needs, really. Um, and he's batting with... Luis Arias of the Twins and Xander Bogarts at the moment. So we'll keep an eye out on that. If he wins a Triple Crown, he's going to be a shoo-in for the MVP. Uh, and then Paul Goldschmidt Triple Crown update. It seems like it's going to take a lot for him to win the Triple Crown at this point. He is second in average, seven points behind Freddie Freeman. Who's batting 329 right now? Goldschmidt's batting 322. Um, not a huge. I mean, that gap could close in the next couple weeks, but it's a little far off. He is second in the National League and runs batted in. He's six behind Pete Alonso, who has 118. Uh, and then home runs. It looks like he is behind Pete Alonso with 36, Goldschmidt is 35, uh, and then Austin Riley is 37, and Kyle Schwarber is 39. So he's four off the lead for home runs, too. Uh, looks like Judge way more likely to win a Triple Crown at this point. I don't think we're going to get two Triple Crown winners in one year. Look, Goldschmidt has cooled off. He's obviously still, he's still, God, he's hitting really well um, and probably going to win the MVP. But. I don't think he's going to win the Triple Crown. He's a little bit farther off. It would take a lot for him to win at this point, but that would be sick if he did. Uh, but that's your Triple Crown update. So that's about it for the random news around the league. A uh, little... Oh, oh, besides, actually, actually, I take it back. Historic move just happened. MLBPA, I talked about this a little bit in the rules update, short episode last week, but they have officially unionized as of September 14th, joining the MLB Players Association after an arbiter validated the unit authorization cards and the MLB recognized the MLB Players Association as the minor league players bargaining representative. This process, quote by Jeff Passan, of the process of unionizing unfolded at rapid speed, starting the distribution of cards on August 28th culminating barely two weeks later in the organizing of more than 5,000 players, end quote. That is fantastic. Just historic move, and now the minor league players will be represented 
by the MLBPA, and this, would be, this is a huge offseason, massive offseason for minor leaguers because they're going to have to negotiate their own CBA, I think. But this is huge. This is huge for labor rights uh, in, in sports and in labor rights in general, but the minor, league, minor leaguers, maybe they'll actually get paid a living wage now. How about that? They have the power to go on strike. They have the power to negotiate the deal that they want with the MOB. And thank God. It's a long time coming. This should have already been in place. But thank God this has happened. Super happy for the minor league guys. Super happy this has happened. This is a win. This is a big, big win. Uh, and I'm excited for the future of what they're uh, what they're going to collectively bargain for themselves. Hopefully... Uh, base baseline way better pay than what they're paid right now good lord um but that is the biggest win from this week so hats off to the mvpa and the minor leaguers and all the organizers in that they did that really quickly effectively uh and that's unheard of in baseball do anything quickly and effectively so that is fantastic news and with that i i segue right into the playoff update as i speak Right now, the Mariners are are strongly in the third wildcard spot. Half game back of the Tampa Bay Rays. One and a half games back of the Toronto Blue Jays. The Baltimore Orioles are five games back of us. The White Sox are five and a half back. The Twins are eight and a half back. The Red Sox are ten back. And everyone else is mathematically eliminated at this point. The Angels and the Rangers both just got eliminated yesterday, mathematically. So... Despite uh, a little slide this weekend to the Angels, we are still firmly in the wildcard position with the Rays and Toronto and Baltimore all playing each other um, and us playing bad teams. As I've said before, we just need to keep winning the series against teams we should beat. So that is the wildcard update for us specifically. Uh, the Yankees are only five and a half up in the division right now to the Blue Jays. Uh, and the Rays are six and a half back too. So I don't know if, if, if the Yankees manage to not win this division and make the wild card and we have to play the Yankees, that would be absurd. Awful. Uh, the AL central, the guardians are, have a little bit of room right now. They're four up and seven up on the white Sox and twins respectively. Uh, and then Astros just clinched yesterday. They just clinched the division. Uh, they're really, really good. They got 97 wins right now. We're not even close to them, but uh, we're firmly in second. All the other teams are bad. Uh, the NL East, go to the NL. The Mets are game up on the on the Braves. That's still the one to watch these last couple weeks of the season because uh, that is they're 94 and 55. The Braves are 92 and 55. It's, it's so, uh, man, both teams are so good too. Both teams are so good. I think this is going to come down to the wire. Super exciting. Uh, the Cardinals look like they're, they're wrapping up the central. The Brewers, they're eight and a half back. They just don't seem to have it. You know, they just don't seem to, I just don't see them closing that gap. Uh, and then the NL West which uh, is kind of boring. Obviously, Dodgers Dodgers are freaking rolling right now. So, as of right now, uh, we would play the Guardians in the playoffs. Um, I'm okay with that. We'd have to go to the Guardians and be on the road the whole playoffs, but that is fine uh, as long as I talked about this last episode. As long as we're not the second wild card, I, I will be happy. First and third, those are the ones we want. Uh, and then the NL wild card, Braves are in first by a lot. Whoever loses the division in the, the NL East is going to get the wild card, the top wild card spot. So it'll be the Braves or the Mets. Uh, and they will, uh, they're, they're way up. They're 11 and a half up of the Padres in second place in the wild card. And then the Phillies are a half game back of the Padres for the third wild card. And then there's the Brewers, who are two and a half back of the Phillies. So it's really just those four teams. After that, everyone's basically mathematically eliminated. Uh, the Giants and the and the Diamondbacks aren't, but they're so far back. They may as well be mathematically eliminated at this point. So that's a little playoff update there. Um, honestly, some boring races. Uh, the the AL wildcard's a little spicy just for seeding-wise, and it's three AL East teams in the running. <laughs> 
and then the NL East is super fun. And the wild card is pretty close. So uh, the wild card races are the ones to watch besides the NL East right now. So NL East, watch Braves versus Mets, and then the wild card standings are, are pretty fun. So that's the little playoff update for you. And then the last thing to get into before I sign off for the day is just a little preview in the week. We have a little road trip. Uh, we go to the Athletics, the Oakland Athletics, uh, the next three days, and then we go to Kansas City for the three-game set versus the Royals. And then we have an off day on Monday in which I will put out another pod recapping those two short little series on the road. Um, so hopefully we get back to playing better ball. Can't ask for much more than getting to play the A's and the Royals back-to-back after a little slide to get your confidence back. So hopefully we take, uh, I don't know, four, four out of six from these two. I mean, we could win all six, but I'll, I'd be happy with four out of six. I uh, just can't lose a series. Just take two out of three from each and we'll be fine. And we'll be fine. Um, so I am uh, going to sign off here. That was a good pot tough series this week vibes are lower than they have been the past month uh but yesterday was encouraging the offense came back to life um we're a little unhealthy right now so we can't overreact to the team being a little subpar the injuries are tough so hopefully the guys guys get healthy uh maybe we see some some minor league guys up to have some of the major league guys rest a little bit going into the playoff picture hopefully uh but that is all for this week on the Chaos Ball Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at ChaosBall1977. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts now, uh, and RSS.com. All those links are on the Twitter account. And you can find them all if you go to RSS.com and look up my podcast. You can see where it's distributed. Uh, thank you so much. Please rate and review, five-star review, recommend to your friends. Uh, and last of all, have a good week and go Mariners.